pot belly sandwich when you were visiting Chicago and now in airports nationwide? I don't put peppers on sandwiches because that's an abomination. Why are we adding more wets? What the f- what the fuck are you talking about? Too much Pickled wet. peppers? Gross. On a sandy? Uh-uh. No. Come on, man. No. Come on, man. What I'm the fuck? Because I'm here for sauces, not condiments. You can have sauces and pickled peppers. Too much. Too much. It's no, too much. it's not that wet. You're overestimating the wetness of a pickled pepper. I. It's pretty wet. Peter Piper would like to have a word. Well, I'll fuck Peter, Peter up with my, my sauces. <laughs> okay. What kind of sauces are we talking? We we love a chipotle ranch sauce. Yeah. An aioli, a garlic. <clears throat> okay, so garlic just smoky aioli. Mayonnaise yeah. with flavors. Yes, flavored mayonnaise. Maybe a little vinegar. Everybody loves flavored mayonnaise. I, I agree with this, but here's the thing: you don't need the vinegar if you go with the pickled peppy because they have vinegar already. <sighs> but I would rather just have the light, light, light hint of vinegar. Hmm, okay. Not 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 with a tooth. You so know? you're more like a you're more like a what's that fucking company called in Ohio? Not Dave's Cosmic Subs. Jersey Mike's. You're more of a Jersey Mike's kind of guy. I fuck up a Jersey Mike's. You'd go there and get it Mike's way because then they douse it in oil. They yeah, slather a little delicious. mayo on there. Oof. If you're a real savage, you get the pickled uh, relish. Gross. Disgusting. But you're not getting that. Not getting that. No. As we've already discussed. Uh-uh. That's too bad. You're really missing out. No, because I'd rather have a pickle on the side. Hmm. I'm not a big fan of pickle on the side. I love a pickle on the side. I'll always munch it, but I only eat like half of it. I love a spear. Rarely do I finish the, sp- the spear. Oh, I love You're making me hungry now. I know. I, well, I only ate once today, so I'm a little, I'm a little wow. peckish. Are we doing intermittent fasting? Inadvertently. Because there's no way you're going to eat again before bed now. Mm, a little Ooh, we might break snackies. out the dips. No, I could do a cheat. I could do a charcut, you know? You know, I didn't exactly do a charcut for dinner last night, but mm. I had a weird eating pattern yesterday. Uh-huh. So I ended up eating kind of a late dinner, uh-huh. like an 8 p.m. dinner. Oh, after we got back from store? Yeah. Where you're like, you know... I do have to eat right now, uh-huh. and I'm a little bit hungry, uh-huh. but I'm not that hungry, and uh-huh. it's too late to fully go all for it. Right. So I didn't do a charcuterie, but I did a little. I did a little sardines on toast. Oh, that's like yeah. an open faced sardine German. sandwich. Yeah. I cut up some red onion. I put it on there. A little bit of the uh, fresh mustard. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. not the Dijon kind, but the the greeny kind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was quite good. Mm-hmm. You know. See, that's when you need like a whipped um, cream cheese. That would be really good, you know. Uh, do a snor- snore abroad, whatever the fuck it's called. Rhea and I have been doing that lately with like a soft cheese. <sighs> you know, much. it's a little much. Too rich. But it's, no, it's not. They're tart. Not quite a mascarpone, you know, but like pretty soft cheese. <sighs> and you use it like a spread. Yeah. You're not globbing it on. You just it. need a spread. You just need a lick of it. It's just for you know? a little something. Yeah. yeah. But it, it pairs well with like a nice toast and protein meal. Yeah. You know. I'm a f- I'm a fan of the I mean it's been you know long stated I do like a just give me a bread and give me something that I can schmear on it and I'm pretty much that's a meal to me in my brain. Yeah. I mean I've given you a hard time about doing dip dinner before but uh that's Here's, basically what we're talking it's about just here. Elevated dip. If you yeah. make it into toast suddenly it's dinner. So <laughs> toast points. Yeah. This is why I love a riette. Like you know you just schmear some some piggy parts yeah. onto toast and you're like this is fucking great. Nothing bad about that, no. Oh, I want that. Oh, my my coworker was uh, just in France because of the art fairs there. Uh-huh. So we were having Paris discussion all over again today. Mm. You know, he seemed to be working most of the time. Oh, and yeah. he stayed uh, he stayed near the Pantheon, sort of, which I thought was cool because I liked. Oh, that, that was a nice area. I liked yeah. that neighborhood when that we went cool. there. Yeah, and uh, 
He said he he and the uh, other art handlers there they zeroed in on a single cafe and they went there many many times. And I said, you know what? That's actually that's a, good a pretty yeah. good strategy. Yeah, find the place you like and just keep going there. Yeah, not bad. And I told him about the Szechuan food, but he didn't he didn't go search any of it out. I and mean, I like, Opera District. If you have no reason to go there, you can oh, avoid all of it. No, no, no. Yeah, he was. If never, you're not shopping or going to a show, you're good. I did qualify that by saying like, hey, I mean, we pretty much in, only ended up there because we were tired of the subpar cafes in the neighborhood yes. at a certain point. Yeah, you know, so. Yeah, he showed me some delicious breakfast pastry- pastries. As Americans, we both marveled at the fact that people eat like that for breakfast every yeah, day. Yeah, it's disgusting. And I got yeah. to relive the experience of like an eclair is a dessert. Yeah, that's not a thing. We didn't have any eclairs for breakfast. We didn't. He did. Oh, gross. You know? Yeah, that's too much. Yeah, he he. I forget what it was called, but he described to me some other pastry that's like um, layered dough with piped cream, and then another layer of dough, and then piped cream. Opera cake. Is that what you're you were talking about earlier? No. He had a specific French name for it, but I can't remember what Mifu? it was. Yes. Yeah. Wow. A million layers. God, I, I can never get one by you. You know what I mean? You you, can't, if you're going to mention a, a European sweet. Fatty nose. <laughs> fatty nose. Fatty nose all. Fatty nose all. Yeah. But, you know, my other coworker had just gone to Venice for a work trip. So, we, you know, yeah. it was nice to do the European reminiscing. Mm-hmm. But it was really only about food. I mean, that's all. It's the best. You know, it's it's true. The thing like the Mad Line unlocking memory. You know, the Proustian problem. Yes, it's true. You can you can locate everything by taste. This is why you know, like the wine gets really, you know, specific in terms of like, oh, I had that bottle. Bing over here, and then you can you know, travel time travel. The one guy he really blew my mind when he said I didn't have wine the entire time I was in France. Stupid bitch. And he was like, I don't really like wine. I had beer. I was like. You are a fucking heathen. That's repulsive, yeah. Come on. You can have beer in Brussels. Sure. Of all the places. we There was a... I did see a video of a, of a very cute place where they like uh, wash the glass three times and then when they pour it, they like knife off the foam and then they dip the whole glass to clean the side so there's no foam drippies on the side so you always have a clean, fresh glass to hold. I mean, that's cute, but I feel like it's unnecessary. Yeah. I don't mind a little overflow. But I don't want to touch it. Eh, it's fine. It's part of the experience. A 90-year-old man was doing it. You're like, oh, you get some pride out of this, so okay. Yeah. I'll drink the Trappist beer from the man who has to wash the glass, okay? That's like a thing I would expect in Japan. Like some Jiro is out there spending okay. 75 years cleaning the glasses before he's finally allowed to fill them. Not every obsessive thing has to be Japanese. And then when you turn 90, that's a racism. you're finally allowed to dip it in the water at the end. Okay. And, you know, the patrons have to touch it in a certain way and... and uh, eat it in a certain amount of time or rather drink it in a certain amount of time and then fucking kick them out. The patrons. Yeah. Well, There's rules for the patrons. A lot of, well, that's a, close to tootin'. You go to Jiro's with Obama, you better follow oh, the God. rules. I have a feeling before a certain year, Obama was breaking the rules just by being there, but that's a different conversation. What? Never mind. Okay. Oh, oh boy. Uh, okay. Well, we're recording on my least favorite holiday of the entire year. What is it? Oh, it's Halloween. Yeah. Oh, I forgot that it's actually Halloween now because uh-huh. I had to do uh, adult Halloween, which is uh, Saturday yeah. night. You know, the nearest Saturday that is to the afterwards. Thing. Yeah. 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 I don't. I yeah. don't participate in any of this. Yeah. No, I know. I hate it so much. I did so reluctantly. I had a nice time, but you know, yeah, Halloween's not my jam either. Uh. Uh-uh. From three p.m. onwards today, I just had children going. Trick or treat! I'm like, this is. This is a Wendy's. Well, the, I, I don't have anything for you. The really scary thing is like, okay, so you go out over the weekend and it's all the young-ish people uh-huh. dressed up in their costumes because they're going out to party. 
But tonight at rush hour, I saw a lot of costumes, but it's all parents with their children. Yes. So it's a little bit scary when you're like, oh, my God, who's the 45-year-old Chucky? Oh. Oh, yeah. You know? And they're just doing it for their children. I don't fault them for it at all. It's I game. do. In fact, it's kind of charming and cute. But oh, I hate it. It's also a little bit repulsive. It's gross. Yeah, I don't like it. Like, you birthed a child, you pay taxes, and you get write-offs on all of these little, you know, hell spawn. And also, I just feel like it's it's humiliating for the dads. I think the dads the, like it a lot. I think the moms can participate in this, but I think the dads should have some dignity and stand up to the mom and be like, no. It's not a good example for my child for me to be dressing up. I did see, like, an elderly aunt or, like, uh, grandma, maybe, just fully slutting it out. And I was like, good for you, grandma. Yeah, I mean, I saw one mom on the train. I mean, she was, you know... <coughs> Excuse me, it's triggering. Um, <laughs> She was some sort of, like, slutty, like, doll or something. I'm sure it was, like, a movie reference, like sure. a, like a core line or something. Uh-huh. But, you know, it was it was sexy. For, for a mom to be doing, and I was like, hmm. But this lady was grandma. Really? Yeah. Grandma had a boosty on, and I was like, ma'am, put him away. Hmm. It's 6 p.m. Yeah, only in New York would people not shame you for that. <sighs> I shame you. You can really man. get away with anything here. <sighs> I don't know. Anyways. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. Um. Yeah, no. Least favorite holiday. Writ, writ large. Hate it, hate it so much. It's just because it's like the expectation of like, give me candy, give me things, or like, I'm dressed up, so I'm automatically having a good time. I'm like, you know what? Mm-mm. Oh, no. Do you have to no, no. stock candy at the store you work at? No. Oh, good. Okay. I think we have actually talked about this before. I'm having a flashback to a different ho- oh, I probably Halloween cast. I probably cast have to do it every time, yeah. Where um, I was complaining that in New York, I don't like the idea that children have to go to small businesses yeah, for their yeah, trick-or-treating. Yeah, we talk about this, That yeah. seems not right. It's not ideal. You just shouldn't do it here. No, I mean, it's one thing if it's like you pop into like your local hardware store that you actually go to and they like have like a little like shitty candy, like a Tootsie Roll that's been there since 1972. Like, sure, fine. That's charming if they want to do it. But I'm like, listen, I don't really you're not buying anything. So I don't really want to see you. These children don't have money to spend. I don't even think it's about the commerce of it, man. There is something charming about like the 1950s idea that you're popping into the local hardware store. But it's like, what do they do now? Go to Lowe's? Yeah. Well, and, yeah. You that's, know, yeah. Potentially be abducted by a day laborer and ha- and have like an employee get confused and think they're trying to return something. I mean, seriously. Yeah. What if you take a little kid to Home Depot and then he's going to be like, "What's this hole in the stall?" <laughs> Poke an eye out. Yeah. I mean, the closest thing you're going to get to that is like, "Oh, let's take you to the cute gentrifier coffee shop." Sure. And ha- and have like a stoned hipster give you like weed candy. Yeah. Accidentally mix up their uh, microdosing mushrooms. You know, yeah, they might not. The money they ate like, all the Mr. Good bars already. Sorry, <laughs> only silo for you, children. What's the movie Searching for Mr. Good Bar? What? There's a movie <laughs> called Looking for Mr. Uh, whatever. Looking for Mr. Good Bar? Are you thinking of Good Burger, Home of the Good Burger? No, Welcome to Good no, Burger. It's different. It's with from like the Kenan 80s. Thompson? No, it's different. And Kel Mitchell. Only one of them has a career now. Uh, whatever um, happened to Kel? I don't know. He's just cashing checks. You think he's getting a lot of residues off that? Okay. I, I mean, where are they replaying they're Good re- Burger? They're getting residues off of all that. From what? Uh, th- where is all that playing? Nickelodeon. Do Make you think? Night. Really? I don't know. Do you think that? I I don't even know what current Nickelodeon looks like. First of all, I know for sure they don't do Nick at Night anymore. Oh. Simply because black and white TV shows, nobody cares. They're not going to do that. Oh. That's not going to be appealing to children. But mm. I bet Nick at Night now is Nick Day from the 90s. 
Oh. I, if all that is playing at all, it's in syndication on Nick at Night right now. Oh, I have no idea. And Nickelodeon during the day is some like god awful like CGI dinosaurs or something. Have you seen it? I mean, you don't have any like young relatives. No, no. Children's shows these days are all like low budget CGI. Or it's just Peppa Pig. Yeah, cut I'm, out bullshit. I'm vaguely familiar with Peppa Pig, but that's that's for like really young kids. I'm talking yeah. about oh, like teen. When we were watching <clears throat> Rugrats, you're not four; you're right. ten. Yeah, I'm a little too old to be watching Rugrats. Well, then you graduate to Doug. Maybe yeah. you know what I'm saying. You oh, kind of step it up. Like, hey, Arnold and Doug become a little I, bit more Why appealing. did I never go as Doug? That would have been the easiest thing for me. That's I a have great, all parts. That's a great Halloween costume. I would love to go to as Roger Klotz. Do you think you'd get in trouble for doing green face? No. Okay, cool. I'll get the Elon Musk haircut. You just need the orange freight wig and then fry it up. Mm-hmm. I don't have any, you know, khaki shorts. That's a lie. Um <laughs> I don't have a green sweater. You're telling me you don't have a sweater vest and khaki shorts? I don't have a green sweater vest. Nobody believes that for one second. You don't have have an old sweater vest that you'd be willing to sacrifice on the altar? Do you remember I had to throw out all the sweater vests that I had because of Rick Santorum in his sweater vest period? That's why you did it. I thought you had to throw them away because they sat around for seven or eight years gathering dust yeah, maybe, maybe that and too. taking up space. Maybe that too. I, I didn't realize Rick Santorum was involved here. I did keep one. I kept exactly one. Hmm. They're making a comeback. The children are wearing baggy sweater vests like it's 94 all over again. And I'm like, put it away. Eh, did they ever really go away? Yeah. I feel like they made a comeback in 2010. Normcore? No, 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 no. Sweater vest was not Normcore. And then we're always kind of around. Yes, no, yes, no, it no, was. No. Really? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. I guess I don't know what that is. Yeah. Normcore was just like, I'm wearing my baggy t-shirt and my baggy, baggy pants. Okay. Unbranded. I'm like, yeah, I've been pumping unbranded forever. Fuck off. It's yeah. not that special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kirkland shoes. <sighs> now it's the New Balance 550s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They cost a small fortune. Yeah, that's not really the same. Fashion has changed in that way. Yeah. Where now you have to spend money to look lowbrow. It's weird. It's stupid. Um, <clears throat> It doesn't I, matter. I don't want to talk about I that. Know. I'd prefer to go back to Rick Santorum because now there are new uh, gay conservative conspiracy theories afloat. What? Ever since Nancy Pelosi's husband got a little to the oh, dome wow. in San Fran. By the QAnon guy? Uh, well, that's what they claim. Uh-huh. But I think there, uh, you know, I think there's a tiny oh, the possibility glass, the glass was all on that the there's a of little the bit, okay. uh, that there's a little more to the story. Oh, boy. Do you think she really can lift a hammer? You think Pelosi did it? Is that where you're alleging? Right I don't now? know. No, that's not what I'm saying at all. You didn't catch this at all. You're a total Twitter head. And now that uh, it's under the uh, g- graceful stewardship of Papa Musk, yeah, but it's been y- in the news. You understand my Twitter is very different because, you know, it was the weekend and the gays, you know, it's just thirst- thirsty posting and people going like, oh my God, I love it. I'm like, Ugh, you're all disgusting. So Twitter for gays is just what Tumblr for straights used to be. Porn. Yeah. Uh, not porn, but just like a dude in a jockstrap and a harness going like, I'm a vampire. And you're hmm. like, yeah, you're sucking blood. Mm-hmm, okay. Sure. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> sure, Mary. Um, so you really don't know what I'm referring to at no, all. You at all. you are familiar. I just saw like a Haynes thing and a hammer as someone someone saying they were going. Yes. As, oh, that was Don Jr. Don, Donald Trump Jr. that said, that's my Halloween costume oh, next boy. year. Where did he get Ratty Haynes from? 
He just found, somebody made that meme. Oh, somebody, okay. you know, somebody in the wilds of Wyoming who's been prepping for the last twenty five years mm-hmm. made that meme, and Donald Trump Jr. just reposted it. Oh yeah. He doesn't make any of that stuff. He just reposts. He just finds it. Yeah. Okay. Wow. I mean, cocaine can let you go through a lot of memes in a really short amount of time. I guess. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I, you know, he doesn't really have a job. I mean, I was going to say, where does he find the time in the day? But, like, I understand where he finds it from. Mm. That is his job. I guess. You know? And he probably actually just has an army of people that are like, you know what? This, this one. Is, this is popular <clears throat> on the chans right now. Yeah. Why don't you give this one a go? It'll yeah, go over well. True. Right. Yeah, but the big deal was that, you know, Pelosi's husband got attacked. Everybody mm-hmm. heard about this, and everybody heard that it was a QAnon guy, right? But then all the police reports sounded really weird because there was a third person there. So, first of all, the cops got called to Pelosi's husband's house uh, for a wellness check, which if it was a violent break-in, why? That's weird. Yeah. And apparently an unknown person who still hasn't been identified or named answered the door, at which point the cops entered the scene to find two men uh, grappling, Uh at, at which point the hammer comes in, and then they break it up. And so nobody knows what's going on. Yeah, there's conflicting reports. I mean, by their own admission, this is what the fuck? confusing. So Elon Musk then tweets, hey, I think there's a tiny bit more to the story. That's oh what boy. I was alluding to before. But okay. it's some, like, San Francisco, like, page six rag, but, like, also oh. mixed with, like, QAnon-level credibility. They publish a lot of stuff that's just batshit. But that alleges <sighs> that potentially the story is... That uh, because it's been it's long been rumored that Pelosi's husband's gay, and it is known for sure that the attacker was part of like a weird like Castro nudist colony. So, both of those things are true. I mean, the Castro is just nude. You don't really have to say Castro nudist colony. It's just well, well, it's like a specific thing. It's like a weird. It's (sighs) political somehow. See when you know when like. <clears throat> you, you know, Uncle Joe says, you know, the land of fruit and nuts. I'm like, no, 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 it just means San Francisco. You, you don't mean all of California, okay? Like, no, 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 it's just the Castro. It's just like five blocks, okay? Does he say that? Yeah. He sa- he calls California the land of fruit and nuts. Fruits and nuts. I don't think he's aware that that's like a 1947 joke. Yeah. Oh, he is. I, uh, yeah. Or, you know, he just Old, forgot. Yeah. Or, yeah, he doesn't know what year it is. It doesn't no. matter. Yeah. But anyway. He does, but, you know. I don't think so. Mm. I'm pretty sure he doesn't. But anyway. So anyway, Elon Musk sets the world alight with a, you know, a conspiracy theory from an absolute rag, which of course piques my interest because I'm like, hey, you know what? Anytime there's a tiny bit more to the story, I'm gonna go down. That you are hole. you are you fully fall for the Tim Cook, but wait, there's more. One more thing. Oh, absolutely. The one more thing works on you so so well. Oh, it absolutely does. By the way, I'm a big admirer of the 2007 uh, Steve Jobs speech that you're referring to. The release of the iPhone. The iPhone, yeah. Yeah. I'm a huge Icon. fan of that speech, unironically. I'm I'm sure I've talked about it on the podcast before, but I've watched that entire thing multiple times. It, it's, gets, it gets me juiced. That hypes it me is, up. It is salesmanship and showmanship yeah. par excellence. He really knows is. exactly what he's fucking doing. He's like, he's like, I've got cancer, but I have an iPhone. You know, and now, we're, and now Elon Musk does that in his Twitter way. No one likes it, but that's where we are. Yeah, because he's a bad showman. Yeah, well. You know, if... if uh, Fuck, that was going to be a good joke if I could have landed it. Who was the guy? Who's um, Wolverine? Hugh Jackman. If Hugh Jackman is I the knew greatest showman, yeah. With this. Fuck. Yeah, I know. It's too uh, late though. It's too late. Damn now. it. That went about twenty seconds too fuck long. Fuck off. Um, you know, if he's the greatest showman, Elon Musk, not that guy. He's just not that guy. He can't sing that song. 
you know, I would like to dis- I would like to agree with you, except I, I just can't. It, it, it's just one of these things where it's like this is just where we are in culture. Like, he's the guy who's always shit in the bed. Like he's trying to pull it off and just it's always just in the worst way. Not really, man. He takes it and he turns it every time. I agree that he is not pleasant to look at and then he sort of fails at a lot of things, but he always yeah. manages to turn it to his favor. I don't know. You know what I mean? <clears throat> Remember when people like thought he was like kind of genius and now we're just like this bumbling idiot. You know, like just cuz you're rich doesn't make you smart. Like we're the, at that point with him now. In culture. Yeah, but that doesn't have anything to do with his showmanship. I think the style of showmanship you're looking for is a little outdated. And I'll have some flourish for Christ's well, sake. Well, I think he does, but he's pe- he's appealing to an audience who isn't you, which is why you're not able to recognize the greatness in it. I don't think it's great. I'm not even standing up for him. I don't think it's great either because it's not for us. Right. But the audience that he's gesturing to, he does a really good job of doing it. Mm. And, you know, he'll catch me every once in a while because I'm like, I'm kind of excited that everybody's freaking out that, you know, this Twitter thing has gone through. I'm very excited for Donald Trump to come back because, you know, he's oh, going boy. to. Um, so apparently some people sent him or, or like he was sent like an auto generated thing from like a, a learning course of like how to be Twitter CEO 101. Yes. He reposted it. That was it. funny. Yeah. I want to know which Twitter employee was like, "Fuck this man." Well, uh, that's what. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, he gets people talking. This is showmanship, whether you like it or not. It's the shittiest kind. It's it. So it's subscribing to the idea of like any press is good press, and you're like, no, but like, yeah, but here's the thing, yes, but also it's how you like swerve it, and you kind of like swerve it like dumbly. That's not a word, but it's well, clumsy it's clunky it doesn't take very much thought to repost an internal like y- you know memo and say lol this is dumb yeah that's the level it is yeah but you know it's the internet that's Ugh. that's 99% of things anyway yes. you can't really hold it against them. i'm not even really trying to defend him it's just sort of like you're like it exists and it's fine and i'm like oh but fuck that i've been thinking a lot lately that like it's unfortunate but you got to just deal with the material you're given you know and like take it for what it is and it is this idiocracy feeling where you're like everything's dumbed down you know we're yeah. guilty of it we sit here on the podcast and we're like you know what it's fucking 10:30 at night i've had a bad day i'm sure you're tired I'm just going to talk about things in the news that are accessible to everybody listening. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, that's where we are. So you can like try to like take it seriously. Like I don't care about Elon Musk, really. Mm -hmm. I don't really like him, but I would say that he's probably the greatest living showman. It's sad that we're there. We're there. We're there. We're there with that. We're there. Oh, fuck me. But it's sad that it's and it's sad that it's true. But like, I mean, I don't know. What do you know? We talked about this in the car uh, yesterday of the idea of like like you want to go see shows and i'm like no like i don't know i I don't nothing seems like exciting like i don't know i'll see it just to see it and be like i checked it off the fucking list like but i don't even have a list nothing is really juice in me no and that's the case i think with a lot of culture we talk we talk about this all the time like nothing's really like lighting me up because i don't think that like anyone can really just like pull off a flourish like this happens you know in fashion too like there was a time when, like, you'd be like, "Oh shit, Tom Ford for Gucci is lighting everybody's ass up." Uh, Galliano at Dior before he was a racist. He was always racist, but you know, or anti-Semite. So sorry. He's probably both. Um, you know that gay, gay pirate was swashbuckling all over the place, and people couldn't get enough of it. Like, you know, the art world. Like, can I have um, an El Chupacabra? Uh, no, uh, Palazzo Chupi Man 
show, please. I need someone with some good old fashioned swagger, like not in the Eric Adams level swagger, which is bullshit, which is the Elon Musk yeah, level it's swagger. Thing, it's the yeah. same level of like stupid yep. half ass bullshit. Like I need someone who is overly confident and f- is feeling great. like where's our Jason Rhodes? You know, like where's someone Something who's like, like I did 16 rails and I am ready to go. And you're like, yes, uh, I want someone with a fucking pulse. Oh, man. The other day, Magenta Plains did a uh, happy birthday post for Bill Saylor. And so it was like a slideshow of like him standing with like other famous artists, most of whom I don't recognize, uh-huh. in front of his own paintings. Hilarious post just on the face of it. But okay. one of the pictures was of him with Julian Schnabel at one of his shows, mm. and Julian Schnabel was wearing his own t-shirt. Hell yeah, dude. It was amazing. You know, he's got the pajama pants on it, and he's got the hoodie on, and he had a t-shirt of one of his own paintings Good on for it. him. And I was like that rules i need that <laughs> i need that level of delusion like yeah, even yeah. i even like the theranos lady like you know like yeah. i want like you know maybe less swindly but like give me give me something good you know like i want uh i don't know i just want a little bit more bravura you know like this is just sad everyone's just like oh, it's good and you're like fuck good give me better it's not even best. No one's giving me best. They're maybe getting better, but it's just like good. Yeah, like I was trying to think the other day, what kind of retrospective would I like to see at a museum? Because like the last showstopper, other than Jasper Johns, that's too recent, that I can remember was like Gober maybe. Like I'm trying to think of like good shows of like very canonical artists that are like exciting enough to see more than once. But that was like a uh, a revelation. To have it all together because they're all installations in yeah, groups. Yeah, and know? maybe that's not a good example because he's like a good artist. Like yeah. I'm trying to think of something like the de Kooning show is maybe a better example. Remember that? That was, that was like mid. ten years ago at that this point. Mid. It'll come back around, but like I want like a very cliched artist that's like you know big and bright and you know sloppy and exciting to have a show. But I like couldn't even think of it. I was like I don't even know who I would want. Even like the. Uh, stellar retrospective that opened the Whitney was like, hey, uh-huh. we're opening the Whitney, and then you're like, holy shit, this is bad. Like, you know, you're like, damn, it's big, and holy fuck, it's so bad. When like, was that show? Was that prior to the podcast? Yeah, oh yeah. It's amazing how unmemorable that was to me. Yeah, because I was, say that as that a Frank shit, Stella fan, but I didn't well, like that show so, because they were like, well, the icons too hard to ship. They're huge in and of themselves. Now they shipped some. They shipped some big ass ones out there, but like, I don't know. I think the one from the Pompidou wasn't there. I, I, yeah, I, I haven't thought about it in a long time, but, I, uh, you know, my vague memory of it was just that the emphasis on his late work was real heavy. We yeah. should actually just do a Frank Stella. We, actually, we should do this with a lot of retrospectives, but we should do a Frank Stella show where the work stops in 1975. Yeah, there's a lot of like boomer wow. artists yeah. where you could be like, OK, we're doing a retrospective and it goes from 1950 to 1975. And we're just pretending that everything else you did doesn't count. Well, even like. Do you remember when Joyce Pensato like took her studio to Petzl, and it was just a shit show in there? That was many, many years. That ago. It was long. That it was twelve was years. Old ago. Petzl, low ceilings, Loved the it. shitty one when it was like not a behemoth of a gallery. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was dirty, and then she was there with her dog, and the dog was just like rolling yeah. around because he's like, "This is all my shit again." Wee! And I'm like, "This dog has not been washed, and neither has she." Um, R.I.P. I guess I don't really fucking care, but it was like, "Ooh, this is wild." You know, like even that was like. It was like the fire sauce of wildness, you know? Yeah, maybe. I mean, how much of that can be chalked up to just aging and kind of getting jaded? 
Hmm. And how much of that can also just be chalked up to, I don't know, the art world was exciting when it was like had the remnants of being scrappy. Right. When like even Gagosian and Pace were like had three galleries, not like 17. 16. Yeah. And, you know, the 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 other upper tier galleries had one space that was like relatively humble and their artists would still walk around amongst the proles. I mean, yeah, that doesn't really happen now. No. Yeah. Too rich. I don't know. Remember in uh, last episode when we were talking about Peter Sheldahl's obit? Yeah. Um, there was that great line in it that was like he never became a, a curmudgeon like Hilton Kramer, right? But he never like jived with the times. Yeah, I'm paraphrasing there. Yeah, yeah. but that's kind of that's kind of stuck with me. I mean, this conversation is reminding me of it because I'm a curmudgeon. You're a curmudgeon. I don't fucking like anything. But that's not like a good sign. Like I wish wh- what I'm what I think we're talking about here is like we both want to be enthusiastic. Right. I don't really feel like it's my fault. No, but you know. I, I mean, there's people will just tell you, why don't you just let people enjoy things and like oh, have a better you. attitude? No, and no. it's like, I don't know whether you like it or not. Like everybody makes value judgments and should have taste. I think what you're really saying is I don't have taste and I'm defensive about that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, I've been, I mean, so I, this thing has popped up repeatedly uh, over and over in the past couple of days of, of like, uh, friendly bullets lamenting the state of like the New York Philharmonic and the ballet. Interesting. I um, I'm not aware of this. Can you outline oh, it for yeah, me a little bit? It's a little fucked up. Um, she's like, you know what? Like, basically, like, if you look around at the state of things, it's it's fuck. It's a fucking mess. And you know, because she's cantankerous as all all get out, right? Like, you know, no one can complain and smoke a cigarette like her. You know, to the point where it's like farcical, and it's like, ma'am, you're acting as yourself. Please stop. Sure. But this one, she's like, listen, you would go, and people would like the flick of a wrist would be like gasps or so, like everyone would react because the fr- front row the first 15 rows would be connoisseurs right and a lot of those connoisseurs were faggots um and in the 80s a whole slew of high level high taste connoisseurs dead um and her whole thing was like you know what they did a lot those people with incredible taste and impeccable taste they fucked a lot and they died first so now the third tier the you know the back end like disney gays now run the fucking world and have the taste and if you you know revived all these dead people and told them like who was on top they'd be like her um they'd be appalled because they're hacks they're bad like those are your arbiters of taste and those are the people in charge and oh no fuck that and i was like that's bleak um yeah i think the general point though that risk aversion makes aesthetic experiences uh less interesting and especially makes the consumption of aesthetic aesthetic experiences less interesting because it's like bless you in advance because it's like i'm sure the new uh the new york philharmonic is probably just as good as ever if not maybe like some of the best it's ever been because if you think about like do you know i don't know but if you if you just think about like um people specializing in obscure things like that and rising to a position where they can actually make that pay the bills um, I think it was the ballet. She said ballet. Sure, Sorry, yeah. Ballet is another way. example. Anything uh, in the humanities, like the people that are uh, subscribers to that meritocratic model and make it to the top of that, a lot of it's nepotism, but some of that's really actual quality. And I'm sure the performances themselves are really incredible. It's the audience that's the problem because it's yeah. when you have, when you have the Disney tier gays or just the the lowest just common, excited to be there common denominator people. It's the let people enjoy things people. Uh huh. Like they're not actually like discerning about the intricacies of the experience. So even if you are, when you watch it amongst them, it's not very much fun for you because you can't really do like an effective post mortem about it. Correct. Anything. 
I think the art world kind of has an opposite problem where like actually it just has both problems where like the product is not very good because so much money is involved like art at the end of the day are commodities and objects so you can't really take a risk like perform performative arts are a different thing those people kind of are just doing it for the love of the game because what do you top out at as a ballerina or as an orchestra member 70k a year i mean seriously Mm -hmm. these the best in the world don't make that much money and if they do it's because they're doing movie scores or they're acting for hollywood in Francis Ha or whatever, those people make the money, not the people, the people doing it, yeah. shucking around. Like maybe in New York they make six figures, but it's really not that much money, all things considered. But they, but they're also paid like honoraria to travel and give talks. Like they're basically academic academics. Academics, yeah, they're Look, basically I'm, academics. I'm so sure like, they know. secure the bag, but they're not millionaires several times over like the worst painters in the world can be. No, because they also do the thing of marrying rich. They do the thing that artists do, but they have, you know, better access because they're more polished. It's like when you read in the New York Times, like, uh, this young couple's budget was a mere $1.7 million yeah. for a studio apartment in Manhattan. She's a ballerina and he's a tech CEO. Right. You know? Yeah. This type of thing. I'm, I'm agreeing with you on all of that, but at, but at the end of the day, I think the quality level there is probably higher because the salaries aren't so high. I think mm-hmm. the quality level in the art world is in general pretty low because the the things that uh, rise there, to the a, top are no, no salaries are in not, the middling. Are yeah. not the cream, you right. know? The cream doesn't make any money. So nobody cares and then also the audience has just been dumbed down by the taste of dumb dumb collectors yeah the dealers are even know? like the dealers like wear like margiela but then they're just like mm, my rich friends are kind of boring and don't really understand so i have to wear like a twin set with it i mean frankly know? art dealers don't really have any taste either like the the art dealers that i've interacted with and respect a lot they actually tend to be pretty schlubby um they're like almost professorial Oh, in yeah. their uh, dress and demeanor because they're straight up nerds yeah. that like did pursue an art history degree for the love of the game and were smart enough and savvy enough and realized there was some money in this other thing. Right. So they actually pursued it and they do their best with it. Yeah. Very rare. So rare. Uh, one There's out like of, three of them. One out of a hundred. Yeah. You know? The rest of them, though, are sorority girls. And I say girls specifically because, frankly, most art dealers are women, not men. Mm. And they're all dinglings. I mean, they, you know, four years ago, they were chugging Bud Lights out of a compatriot's asshole. And I'm dead serious. And now they're here, like, slanging but you. But this, this is why, like, we don't, we, I, th- this is not a conversation about the failed children. Because really, that's not what I kind of mean. Like, those idiots will always have jobs and they'll always be middling tier directors and they'll sell paintings to mommy and daddy's friends. Like, whatever. Who cares? Like, that's always going to exist and they're going to top out until they marry richer, you know, until they secure their own bag, you know, they're securing middling bags to secure their $5,000 one bedrooms in Fidei or whatever the fuck, you know? Yeah. Um, but what I'm talking, I'm thinking of like Jay Gorney, who's like, listen, I just need to be able to go to the Hamptons and work, but also just stay there for like six months out of the year. Just to mm, fuck them. You know, it's fine. Like, you know, like the old, like the old guard who are like, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm not as rich as these people, but I have better tastes than them. So I get to judge them while also taking their money. Yeah. I mean, part of the reason though, that, you know, part of the reason there's not a new guard of people like that is there's just not space for that anymore. Yes. Well, a lot of, a lot of those people uh, died or otherwise, you know, 
failed or fell out of the game but also like there's less uh there's less seats at the game of musical chairs these days right there's more money to be made but there's less seats I mean, when there was less at stake, you could kind of, you could actually kind of have this meritocratic dream and like rise to the top through like sheer force of will and also just having a, like a working class attitude of like, I'm going to make this make a living wage, you know? Right. Yeah. But that's not a thing anymore. No. no, no yeah. No. <sighs> yeah. I mean, I read a Substack today. I don't know why you're ashamed of that. the the fact that uh, the fact that you would demur at that is an indictment, not a. I don't have time to be reading people's not a positive, you know, thoughts or whatever. Um, do you know who Juicebox was in the early aughts? I do not. Like a noise musician person. Okay. Who also happened to like, you know, be a good writer. I don't know. Bounced around a lot, did a lot of things, and then was uh John Chiav- Chiaverna the actual person's name okay so he was a, a social critic for the observer um and like bounced around a lot like did a lot of things and like he basically wrote this like i don't want to say like a memoir post or whatever but it was basically just like what do you, what do you do when you're in your late 30s early 40s and you're like all you've done is bounce around throughout all all sorts of things in the world and you don't really know who you are when you're 40 i'm like okay ma'am like cool it this sounds like complaining, even though you, you seem charmed. <coughs> um, but it is kind of an interesting thing in terms of this conversation of like, you know, like there's a lot of those people who are like, eh, maybe I burnt out. Maybe I'd like bounce in and out of certain things. But like, I still have like cachet in terms of my youth name. You know, that was his kind of thing of like, how do you, you know, how, how can you go by the name juice box when you're 42? You know, like that seems insane. Yeah, right. With I mean, three X's at the end. Well, you know, I think a lot of millennials and even younger are doing that all the time because basically your internet name becomes your real name. Like, mm. you know, uh, think about Mr. Beast on YouTube, like the most popular YouTube channel. That's the that's that guy's name. The Nobody knows his Beast? real name. I'm not that familiar with it. Uh, he this does the guy who just got. He took the the mask off for the first time. I have no idea. He do, he does com. I don't think so. I, I've seen his face before. He does comedy videos on YouTube, like for Zoomers and younger. You know what I mean. But he has the most followers. He figured out like a unique monetizing model. All this stuff. But what I'm saying is just relative to the naming convention mm-hmm. that this is fairly common now. Basically, oh. people going by their handles. Like think about right. the Ion Pack podcast. They only revealed themselves recently. I don't know what that is. They're like a Lower East Side like underground film podcast, okay, right? Like sure. this happens all the time. Uh-huh. People are known by their Substack or whatever uh-huh. ra- ra- rather than their name. That's not that weird. Um, the weird thing about it is how do you how do you float by in your life, never really like becoming definitively successful or anything, but like gaining enough like social notoriety to eventually have a Substack that can pay your bills. I don't think it does, but okay. uh, well, yeah. you're d- enough that you're talking about it. I've never heard of this person. That that amount of word of mouth is enough yeah how do you get there i mean i think for these older generations that are like confused by this it's like well yeah i mean you just grew up in a in a time where there were more limited uh sorry where there was um so many slots at the trough that no matter who you were and you filled them you were going to accumulate a a significant amount of clout well, niches. You also just grew up in a time of relative prosperity where your life was not encumbered by debt, 
was not encumbered by constant financial collapse was not it was not just encumbered by circumstance well, if if you were born in the 60s or 70s your life was mostly good for the formative years and now you're 45 and you're like how did i get here it's like well that's you just didn't song, die yeah, yeah that's I'm, how well no i think it's just a, a matter of like niche things used to have to spread via word of mouth or knowing people and meeting people and doing that kind of like mm-hmm couch surfing and doing that kind of travel kind of like level of stuff um because like you know when i was 18 or whatever like uh i was dragged to the middle of east cleveland to see you know an art show by people or an art show and a set by black dice and i was like what the fuck but that was like huge sure you know and then you're like oh these people you know like a network you know starts from there or whatever and i was like i don't get it this is weird like that used to be the the coin of the realm right like formed things and then you could do that of like growing up like calling people and be like hey do you mind if i like hang out for like a month and people would be like well whatever because your williamsburg apartment was huge and cost five hundred dollars a month right i mean you're making a good point that it's not necessarily completely about just like material prosperity it's just that you know this thing that had existed for thousands of years of human history called socializing yeah was actually the coin of the realm well you would like trust someone to stay on your couch for a month and they wouldn't burn the place down because you actually met them several times and maybe you met them only four or five times whereas now that person would be would be viewed with suspicion you'd be getting twitter dms or whatever and being like hey do you mind if we hang out we're mutuals and you're like i don't fucking know you well and you know i I, i've actually you know talked to younger people some of our listeners before about this exact problem because we're always cynical about like internet relationships and they do do these things and like follow through on them in just a way i never would right a lot of people do that sell their work on instagram just whatever relationships are formed this way i'm not knocking that but you yeah you just did what normal people did which was have social relationships and that currency actually spent right whereas now like the digital currency kind of comes first you have to develop like a number of followers and like a virtual relationship for you to have any currency in life yeah and i don't know i I can't speak for all millennials because i think a lot of people our age and and younger and a little bit older too have figured this system out and weaponized it to the right extent to further their careers. But like, I feel really passed over in this respect. I've, I've not been able to make the transition from like, excuse me, when I was younger. Yeah, I was, I knew a lot of people and that got me places that made me do things I wouldn't have normally done. You know, I got a lot of opportunities that way. It doesn't seem to spend the same way now. No. I have a lot of good friendships and I'm not bad at necessarily talking to people or meeting them. I'm not the best either, but I'm I'm above average, you know. There's a lot of people that never leave their fucking house. Right, yeah. So why isn't that spending on the same level as Juicebox? Right. Who I I would assume was a lot like you and I in many ways. Mm. But has a reputation because of it that like we can never have. Well, probably a little bit more outgoing than certainly i i'll speak for myself um you know here's the thing i know that i'm i can be a delightfully charming motherfucker it's fine you know like i can do that like recently i've been meeting all sorts of new strange people and just winning them over left and right because that's just what you do but that comes with age like as a young person a not form person i could not be charming oh no 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 i i had to be charming and an asshole and now i'm just like you can just be charming be an asshole later yeah you know 
win him over and then just show how critical and biting you are instead of just trying to package it because god that's a lot yeah i mean that's good i mean that's just personal personal growth right you know i i feel somewhat opposite to that where i found it i found it easier to be charming in the past and now i'm sort of like i don't know i feel like i alienate people a lot well but it but it is what it is i don't i'm not i'm at peace with that i don't really care about that um I just find that in either case, whatever kind of personality you're forming, because it's not a question of like your past experience or like even really how other people perceive that, like the persona and the the channel that you've chosen to develop in life. It doesn't seem to accumulate into cloud or anything yeah, more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. it doesn't really matter. IRL. I don't have fifteen thousand followers or whatever mm-hmm. or more. So it doesn't mean anything. It's because I I don't know. I don't also don't feel like investing in an immaterial thing. Like I'll invest in entertaining people that I've met, you know, and know. But like a username, I don't fucking know you. I don't really want to care, and I don't want to have to deal with like abstracting myself in a third way in a persona in an online persona. I already have like you know five of them going. I don't need another one. I'm good. I'm fucking good. You know? Yeah, sure, but you are willing to do it to a certain extent. Mm. I mean, would you do this every week? We would have quit this a long time ago if yeah. there wasn't some element of like abstracting yourself into a third persona. Right. But I think voice is very different than voice doing is this different. mostly over text and images. Though. Yeah, that's hard. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's the text thing. I have a hard time with that too. Yeah. Because it's automatically like, mm, tone is hard. Like this, at least, the tone is a little bit easier to like toss around oh oh my god it's infinitely easier yeah it's just as easily misunderstood but Mm, yeah you know uh, one of the things that i was thinking recently i've thought this over the years quite a bit but it's come up a few times where it's really bugging me text messages and every platform why is there not italics you need to be able to put emphasis on words that is not capitalization Uh there's a difference between trying to set the tone and then trying to be uh, loud yeah. And there is no way to do that. And I don't understand why in basic word processing programs you can have things like bold, underline, and italics. We can't do it. Why is that not a thing on all these platforms now? I don't know. I don't know. That seems like know. that would have been an innovation you got that, emojis. that came at the very beginning. But the, you got pictures. The thing about emojis is that they're halfway, they're hieroglyphics, right? They're misinterpretable. As yeah, are texts, like yeah. they, they change their definition depending on where they are in a sentence, how they're used, uh, y- right. you know, how many yeah. of them there are. That's a really different thing than just saying, I need to put an emphasis on this word to get to my turn meaning it. across. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean... You should be able to do that, and you can't do that. But you can have vanishing text that people have to swap over to, you know... Fucking annoying. I'm like, I don't know where that is. I'm but not it's like I don't, know. I don't want an affectation. That's not what right. italics is. Like when, when you, when you have all these like, uh, wh- what would you call that? Like syntactical thing. Like what, no. what, it, what are bold italics and underline I- in terms of their like type? Those are like uh, typographic modifiers. Yes, that is not the same thing as putting in effect. Right. That is actually an affect on. Well, yeah. Your speech. Right. I mean, also, like, I don't know, like, it always gets used for something that is, like, so, like, mild that I'm like, okay, why did you, what are we doing? Like, what, like, or it would be nice to, like, have, like, different, like, 
now we're just talking in AIM. We just want AIM, you know? Did AIM have that? Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, you could change your, like, font size. And yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, when you want to, like, be quiet about something that you're, like, shamed about, you should be able to make it small. Like, this is just sure, AIM. Sure, this is sure, sure. This is our age showing where, like, I want instant messenger for my, for my iMessage. Well, I mean, what's wrong with admitting that, like, that is better? It followed the conventions of written language that is millennia old rather than, you know, resorting to, like, whatever tech companies invent for you. Well, Oh, you can't have the gun anymore, and now it's a squirt gun. And actually, people are still using that to be violent, so you can't have that at all. We use it differently. You know, and it's not even, it's not a, it's not a censorship thing. It's like, yeah, sure, emojis are fun and useful sometimes. But they are not good at conveying uh, anything with precision. Um, sometimes, but not rarely. Rarely. I mean, I, I, my favorite one is the, the chin stroking one, when people say something weird because the eyes do look directly at the text that was sent, and I'm like, see, that's good design. You know, like the design of the face is like looking up at the thing. Not all of them do that, so you just like you kind of want something always kind of looking up, judging, silently. That's maybe more my problem, but um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Mm. The hell are we talking about? I don't know. Emojis. The inability to. I said I didn't want to become a curmudgeon, and now I'm complaining about emojis. I know. Well, um, there is an an essay that's very old called "The Curmudgeon's Lament" that if I could remember it, I would speak on it. But <laughs> well, I'm so happy you brought uh, it up. No, it's really, it's really good. It, 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 the core of it, if I can remember, you know, if I can remember, 2009 or 10, is that like, you look around and you, it goes back to the lament, lamentation of quality, right? And whether that means um, you're complaining about the quality in and of itself, or the conditions by which it's made, or the conditions of expectation around. Right? Yeah. Uh huh. This is, you know, it was posted on like a fashion blog from then because that's what we had back in the day. You'd be like, I want to know about selvage denim. So I'm going to listen to this douchebag in Boston tell me about it. Um, but the whole thing was like, again, written in like maybe the 60s or the 70s, where it's just like, you know, when polyester is everywhere, this person's like, what the, f- what, why are we doing this? Why are we just doing the, the logical ends of, you know, the industrial revolution, but shitty, you know, we, we had things that could be nice and things that could make it easier, but then we decided to make it cheaper and for whom and for what that's not for living, right? Like living is about communicating and producing culture that speed is good, but there should be no diminishing quality. I'm circling back. You see what I'm doing here? Mm-hmm. You know, like if we're talking about this idea of like, you know, everything in our hands should is all about speed. Like why, why don't we have these things that are inherently more useful that are more quality in terms of communication or in term or, you know, productive in that way, you know, or generative rather, you know, why don't we have that? Cause now we just have, we give ourselves roadblocks. We've given ourselves roadblocks to proper communication, proper expression. Right. 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 Um, that's why everything is mid. It has to be kind of inoffensive bec- so that way over text, no one gets pissed and no one has to sit there because no one's going to pick up the phone because we're all chicken shit. It, and it also just has to be easily interpretable. Right. But subtext is eas- easily interpretable. You know, when I say, 
oh, I, I left X, you know, open for, for reasons just in case something happens. And then I can kind of do a wink at the end and someone goes, oh, I know it exactly what you mean. You know, like you, all of that would be in slant, right? Like sure. I left things just in case. Right, right, right. You know, and they're like, uh-huh, understood completely. You, you know, like the abstraction is clear. We don't have to say it, but it's understood. Right. Or we're saying it, but we just tipped it over a little bit. You know. Yeah, I don't know though. I I just I don't think there's a lot of people that are actually capable of interpretation though, unfortunately. I think that's clearer than the shit show we have now. Yeah, it could be, but it's almost like you'd have to a- everyone would have to collectively relearn this at this point. Like for example, right. I was reading a thread the other day about literacy rates in America. Uh-huh. Which are uh, abysmal. I don't know how the rest of the world stacks. How do they get worse? They've gotten much worse. I, I don't know. I don't know how the rest of the world stacks up or anything. But like, um, and I'm gonna misremember the figures, but I'll ballpark it. It was something like, um, you know, only 75 percent of Americans are literate. The other 25 percent are functionally illiterate. Meaning, okay. Meaning it gets worse from here. Oh but boy. meaning that. You know, they can read a stop sign and they can read prices on things, but like you give them a book at a third grade level and they it's gone. They can read it, but they can't comprehension. Comprehend it. Right. And so the breakdown beyond that was like, okay, so you're thinking, okay, that's only twenty five percent of people, that sounds bad enough. Of the remaining seventy five percent, it was something like fifty percent of those people can't read above a fifth grade level. I thought it was sixth. And I mean but, okay. or something like yeah. that, right? But like my point just being that, like, I've had this experience in real life that people with people that we know and people that I adore that I'm like, you don't actually have reading comprehension. You don't have interpretive abilities. <sighs> you have some sort of like stab at this. But because the fundament of your education was so m- misaligned with, you know, a common reality, mm. y- you effectively are off in outer space. You have no fucking clue. Like your your fundamental understanding of the world is incorrect. So even if you can read words, the way that you like process them and then try to express ideas is not shared in common with other people. It's inc- I'm sure it's you've had that experience. Yeah, I mean, too. well, yeah, you just go. That's when you just kind of. I usually have to stop myself from doing a full like Yogi Bear. What? Yeah. You know, like in my head, I'm doing that, but I just go, "What do you mean by that?" That's the polite way of saying, "What the fuck did you just say to me?" Uh, well, and I, I think there's nothing wrong with saying, "What do you mean by that?" I mean, my ideas come out garbled all the time, right? I, I think everybody's do, but I do think that there is some sort of baseline where, if an idea of mine comes out garbled, it's because I'm stabbing at something that might be a, at least a little bit sophisticated. And I'm seriously like, but not... the, but that would be like a question of like, what do you mean by X? Like, you can just get to like some more specific thing in the choice of the language or the choice of the logic. You know, that's different from going, what the fuck was the sentence that just came out of your mouth? Because I don't, you lost me, you lost the fucking the boat, or no, you have the boat, the paddles, they're gone. You've lost the paddles. So you so once you lost the paddles, I'm. I'm out at sea. I don't know what to do. Yeah. You know, you had me paddling and then you took them away. And sometimes I think people will say things that um, on the surface sound like earnest and coherent, but like accidentally betray their like subconscious impulses. I mean, there's there's all sorts of different examples of this where like if you're not if you're not um, 
if you're not careful about the way that you structure things, like italics are not going to make any difference no, to you. In fact, they're going to confuse you right. further. I mean, I've had experiences where someone will say a string of things that all sound really sophisticated, but then when you grammatically kind of, I don't know if you do this, but I have a mental, uh, what's it called? Not a typewriter. What's the, what's the one that was a little faster? Word processor? Yeah. Do you ever word process as people are talking because you've kind of lost the thread, so you have to like picture the words in a row? Yeah, I know what you mean, yeah. And you're like, you, that's when I, I shake and do the Yogi Bear, and I'm like, but what? Like, it's kind of jarring, because when you're forced to have to glyph out what is being heard in order to muddle through the muckety-muck, you're like, okay, so you've, you've said words. You're not communicating. I'm so sorry. I just want to, like stop you right there we have to break something down i have to ask some qualifying questions so we can get to the actual thing that you're trying to communicate because otherwise you're saying words that don't mean shit to me Mm -hmm. and there's no nice way to i mean the nice way is to do that process if i was an asshole i'd be like say that again but less stupid what are you doing right you know have i been that person in the past ding ding winner winner chicken dinner over here but like it's ungenerous to do. Yeah, sure. But it's well, also ungenerous on the part of the person trying to communicate and then going like, I like I understand the impulse to want to get something out, but like have a filter to be able to, if you want to get it out, it has to be received. If you're not packaging it right, like, come on, give me a, give me a little something. Give me a bow. Well, this is what I'm, part of what I'm getting at and trying to like cite the literacy rates and like throughout this course of the, the course of this conversation we've been talking about like lack of people's taste for one reason right or yeah whether it's because people died of aids or because education is poor i mean you can you can chalk all this it's all of a piece mm-hmm. to this wider problem I, the thing is though it's it's not um that they're being intentionally ungenerous it's that like having generosity in conversation requires like a level of conscientiousness that is only achievable if you have a certain foundation. Right. So I don't really hold it against people that don't have, you know, a generalized sense of, like, sharing, you know, word structure or, like, sentence structure in common with other people. Like, I end up just kind of feeling bad for them a little bit. But beyond the, like, you know, pathetic morality of it or anything, it's more like there's a quote that goes something like, you know, the uh it's like it's from aristotle i think it's like um the average person likes to learn about things but the wise person likes to learn uh through and from everything so even when points are muddled right don't worry I would say don't worry about that person's lack of generosity or even like really judge their stylization. Like their depth of experience is like no less rich than your own. Of course, yeah. So it's incumbent upon you to just like try to absorb what they're saying and then... This is why you have the qualifying questions. Respond like a normal person. I mean, I would say the qualifying questions are sometimes necessary if it's so incoherent that you just need a place to start. But a lot of the time it's like you get the vibe of what is going on. No, I don't do vibes. But you, I think you sort of should, or, um, you know, like there's an entire chapter in Infinite Jest that's like written in Ebonics. Okay. Oh, oh, 
Um, I wanted to sigh before he said that, but okay. And it doesn't have any punctuation, and it's a notoriously difficult chapter because it's very early in the book. It's what turns a lot of people off from reading it at all because mm-hmm. they get to it and they're like... Because the prime market for that is, you know, overeducated white guys. Well, this is exactly what I'm getting at. Uh, why would that turn you off to it? You're just saying, oh, this is incomprehensible gibberish. Well, you're not actually trying to understand what's being said. Correct. What you want is for it to be said correctly. But what you That's... want is not the content of the chapter. Right. You have to just go with the flow and absorb the vibe of it. And when you get like a few paragraphs into this, like incessant flow, you can figure out the rhythm. You fi- not only do you figure out the rhythm, you start to figure out that there's a content that's being dictated because of the rhythm. And I think that's true of all people all the time. Mm. You know, um, you have. I think what being like a person with a uh, good taste or a good eye or a good ear is these days is not just reading between the lines of other sophisticates. Oh, it's that's like a hopeless trying yeah. to find in the lowest common denominator or whatever denominator is being spoken about. I don't even really want to judge it. Like mm. finding the value in it. You know, well, yeah, and making it interesting for yourself and enriching it for the other person at the same time. Uh, if you need it to be a certain way, you're also hack. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean that's, of course. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's a question. I don't. I'm not really trying. I don't think I'm trying to, you know, position a, a sense of like judgment on that. My thing is just a matter of like, if we are doing this, it's just a matter of like. To have any sort of like, you know, not intriguing, you know, anything above intriguing of a conversation, you do have to kind of like already do the like handshake of like, this is how we're going to get on, you know, like, but when it's just fully incongruous, then you're like, well, I don't think this is going to work, you know. Well, to be clear, I'm not I'm not I'm not accusing you of being overly harsh on anybody. I, I think that we're both a little harsh with the people that we're surrounded by because ostensibly we should all be on the same level and expect the same things of each other. Well, it's sort of weird to be in like a niche environment and overeducated social group where the differences in comprehension are so vast. That's oh, a yeah. new situation. Oh. If if you went to college in 1935, everybody that went to college had a certain baseline level of understanding that was agreed upon. Right. The fact yeah. that the fact that now you could be in such a unique situation as oh I'm an artist in New York in my mid 30s in this incredibly like complicated and rich like political and aesthetic environment and I run into so many people that are either of a party line or completely retarded. is like really insane and crazy making i feel like we're gonna have some after show fodder i I just i'm getting a sense you know um it's disappointing i mean and i'm part of the problem so i don't know but you can't just let people enjoy things i mean here's the thing Sure, let people enjoy things, but that doesn't save them from being judged. I'll let you enjoy it. I'll think lesser of you. Um, or I'll just be like, okay, how many guilty pleasures are you allowed? You get three. <laughs> Everybody gets three from me. You choose one. Okay, okay. Are you locked in? Are you locked into that one? Okay, just okay. Just pull the lever. Okay. Oh, that's the second one. Okay, okay, okay. Pull the, 
pull the lever or don't. I don't know. Choose it or don't. Is it temporary? Oh, it's a temporary one. Okay, half half down on the lever. You got one left. Better be fucking good. Because the judgment hammer's coming down after that, okay? Hey, they're asking for it, so. If I had a nickel ever, every time someone asked for my hammer. <laughs> Talk to Paul Pelosi. <laughs> wow, that was a, so many circle backs. 